I'm talking about the former intercontinental champion of the world, Macho Man nothing Randy. Nothing means nothing. Nothing. nothing means nothing. Man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? Or I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Macho Madness, yeah, has got more. Yeah, and I'll tell you something right now. Cards stacked against the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, let me say it. Yeah. Let me say it out loud. And let me point. The Macho Man Randy Savage is not here with your decision, yeah. I am the cream. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Outside interference, yeah. In my moment of glory. Yeah, no, I'm living in a nightmare. And I am the cream. And there is no one that does it better than the Macho Man Randy Savage. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. I'm better than you are, yeah. I'm on my way. And nothing is gonna stop me. Nothing zero, yeah. Pure athlete, yeah. And I've been, uh, yeah, maligned from the top to the bottom. And because they can't handle the macho man Randy Savage, the cream of the crop, nobody does it better. Hey, I'm Kyle. Thanks for joining me and Andy for the Legendary Creature Podcast. Just a warning, we tend to swear. So if your code of conduct includes... No using of the f- word, no f***ing, no f***ing about Or if you'd rather have a finger shoved up than listen to a couple of nerds talk about nonsense, we're sorry. We're glad you stopped by, but we didn't make this PG. So Andy, are you the cream? <laughs> I am the cream, dude. And the cream... Do you always, always rise to the top? It always rises to the top. <laughs> God, you smell good, dude. <laughs> That's what I get for spending a couple hours in a sandwich shop. You smell delicious. <laughs> and yeah, like, I already ate. <laughs> I'm starving again. I come into your room and I'm like, fuck, it smells good in here, man. Uh, Not yeah, like, like you, you put on like a nice cologne. Like, you smell tasty, dude. <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right, man. It's been a it's been a long week and a half. It's uh it's been actually kind of rough. So God, you smell good though. <laughs> I'm like distracted. You're like uh, I just get, I even sprayed a little something on me. I'm like I don't want to over you, that sandwich shop is pushing right through whatever it's smell you like, put on boom. there. It's too weak. <laughs> Your scent is weak. God. All right, all right, all right. So let's, yeah, let's, we, get, let's go. Let's we go. uh we've been trying to do mono white and. God, it's been fucking brutal. Yeah, it has. I think I've I think I've made like four lists. Three. I've made three lists. Okay. I I wasn't assigned to this color. We had some people that were gonna help us out with these, and I've got his. And at the last second I kind of noodled one out. Yeah, you're like no. Because I just didn't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> like I said in our uh, last episode, I think, or two ago, I just somebody drew the short straw and it was <laughs> the short straw, it was AP. <laughs> He's like, I gotta do the white deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I do that's that. you, buddy. And okay, I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so mono white, mono white. Sticking with our theme, let's yeah, let's, let's summarize. Let's talk about what it does in Commander. What yeah, what does it do? To be honest with you, uh, before this week, I don't think I actually knew what mono white did in Commander. Who are you? You play. I white. have. 
so much white that I use, but white in isolation is is kind of a different story. So white, though, I think what white is is it's 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 the color of equity mm. in Magic: The Gathering, right? So it's not it's not fast like red. Nope. It's not big like green. Nah. It does have a little bit of recursion like black. Um, it is quite controlling like blue. Mm. Uh, but it's not really. <laughs> the problem is, I, I think. I, I don't know. Like, it's weird to me because I've always used it as a supplement. So I think it, it right. has a lot of things that, it, that people probably think of, such as tokening. Um, yeah. white's usually pretty decent with tokening, mm. uh, or at least a contributor along with other colors. Like you'll see Orzov tokening, you'll see Selesnya tokening. Uh, there, there's that available. Uh, it's very defensive, I think is the other thing that I would characterize for white. What do you think? Uh, I think why anyone puts white in a commander deck is for board wipes. And spot removal. Those are the best things that white does, for sure. Yeah, it doesn't contest a lot of that, right? Yeah, like so it's got Wrath of God. Wrath of God is like your ideal board it's wipe. A not, it's a not a damnation. Right. But it is damnation. It's exactly. Uh, it's got Path to Exile, Path of Exile. It's got <laughs> Swords of Plowshares. Yeah, and then you've got like the ex- dust. you've got the exile features that are strapped to creatures like Fiend Hunter. Yeah, if, yeah, you can um, do some. So some you can kind of like combo that. off with that one. Yeah, and so yeah, like it, it's it's really 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 good. I I'm pretty sure I'm the only person in our play group that uses it, but I'm a huge advocate of Final Judgment, which is your exiling board wipe outside of Merciless Eviction. Yeah, bye. Like it's just gone. Every time you've cast that, it's been ah oh, yeah I forgot, <laughs> you know yeah. Don't worry, guys. He doesn't he doesn't have blue, white, and black in his identity. He only has white. <laughs> the mark conviction's not going to happen. <laughs> oh wait, final judgment. Turns out, yeah, I think that's <clears throat> why people. I mean, if I was going to pick a white, I'd be like, well, I want strong removal, uh, some kind of tokening effects, things like that. Uh, but I wouldn't be looking. I wouldn't be like this. This deck needs some card draw. Let's, let's, what has white got me? Yeah, nothing. it's got you nothing. This deck, this deck needs some ramp. Uh, it's got conditional ramp. And it, it has it, usually single instances of card draw. Right. Um, this deck has just big, big finishers. Just ways to just finish the game off. <laughs> A big X spell or two. <laughs> uh, 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 desanguinate. Desanguinate. <laughs> Un- yeah. Or they just don't have that. You know, a Muppet Storm. Yeah. <laughs> I want Muppet Storm. That's I'm, <laughs> I'm going to cast Muppet Storm. You mean Comet Storm? It's a white card that what? Yeah, it's kind of fluffy and everybody likes it. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a color that you go out of your way to pick up for more than, I think, a mo- more often the tokening ability, you know, going wide. Uh, it, li- life gain, too. We probably should yeah, definitely I, I, that, say that. That's, a, that's a good point. So, so I think definitely outside of Commander, you know, like a, a very common deck theme is is White Weenie, right? Like you're going to do, and one of the White Weenie things is like the Soul Sisters doing your life gain. Um, and it's, it is, it has some really swingy stuff that you can do 
uh, for life gain and your primary life gain support, like boon reflection and the rocks faith mender and stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, yeah, it is good at that. I, like I say, I think it is very good at being defensive as well. You've got sphere of safety and so yeah, windborne muse enchantments. I forgot to like, say is something that it does have a strength. Yeah. Like it, it, it has its points, but I guess, I guess what we're getting at probably is, it can't fucking win. Yeah, it can't. It's just not crazy enough compared to these other colors. Like, it could say like a really crazy, like, blue card, right? Uh, consecrated Sphinx. Consecrated yeah, Sphinx. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. Black. I mean. Exsanguinate you just talked just, about. Yeah, like, g- give me a couple. Green Merchant Asphodel, which is a common. Yeah. Like, you know, green. I mean. Yeah, let's let's ramp primordial up and then cast that like Genesis wave. Yeah, waves, primordial like. hydro. Yeah, Genesis wave or what? Fuck if you're if you're planning for it. Uh, uh, primal, primal surge or whatever. Oh that yeah, card is. like there's some crazy stuff. Red, red's got some nutty. St- I mean, yeah, like red's got insurrection. Let's just turn everybody's board state against them. Right. It's just not a big way to just push it over the top with white. So we struggled making the decks. Right. We struggled trying to find uh something that we were confident. Yeah. bringing to the table we couldn't do sram so yeah so i guess to kind of like sticking with our form to contextualize that we we're not taking the super obvious choices like sram um so sram kind of gets around you know a couple problems that you have and and that he's an early commander so ramp isn't too big of an issue for you because he's turn two and card draw which right. is he covers every. He covers a lot. One of the problems, like we don't need to worry about card draw. We can assign a card draw spell to every artifact or vehicle or aura that we cast. So yeah. he's a good commander. He he jumped up for yeah. sure. He's yeah. medi- his rise at the top was meteoric. Some would say, yeah. right? if, if you can call that for any he's less of the white than a decks. year old. Yeah, right? you're right. Like it's the top deck, but he didn't have to do that much to be the top white deck. True, <laughs> true. This is like a a backwards upside down weird ass pharmaceutical company and a guy like martin scarelli can just come into the front door and be ceo before the end of the year so yeah we got kemba car regent is a step down which i think is like i don't know uh kemba's probably in sram and the only reason she was up there right she's she's she was the she's sram's predecessor yeah she's the chick that was on the board that they were like yeah we're we're going to go with this guy. Like everybody that has a Kemba deck. I've been doing the best I can. Converted it. it to a SRAM deck. I have four health, damn it. And they just slam the door. <laughs> and then we got Audric Lunar- Lunark Marshall, which I feel like he he lends himself to the soldiering going wide strategy. Yeah. So you're going to see a lot of soldier tokens in white is something you can do. And, right. Yeah. And you can, and you want to get that stuff, all those different. Can you imagine? Words strapped gets to double him? strike. <laughs> Can you imagine everyone gets death touch? Everyone's so he's, he's indestructible. A word, yeah, he's a word soup, word soup communist, right? Everybody yeah. gets it. And then Avison, Angel of Hope. Well, she's just a. I have no creative reason to play this game. I do not see this game as a creative outlet. I want all my shit indestructible, <laughs> and I'm blo- I'm loading up World Slayer. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So yeah, we we we, we kind of wanted to go down to the bottom of of of, of the. Yeah, like roll down here. the list a little bit. Which, oh my god! It's and a, it's I went, dark over here. In white. <laughs> it is dark it's on the dark. white side. Yeah, like I think at one point, like just to kind of contextualize, like what we were trying to go through here to find like a deck that we were. We got excited for Lin Civi Defiant Hero. 
Yeah. We were actually excited about this. We we're like, man, this is going to be cool. I was actually thinking about it yesterday. I'm like, this, like when you were talking about it, I'm like, yeah, that actually is a possibility for it white. It is a possibility. Yeah, and sure. it's kind of like, you have all the Tudor commanders that I could dig up. Like, dude, fuck this. Maybe someday. <laughs> Maybe we need to do like a pre eighth thing for sure. Maybe we do. And yeah, we, we had to kind of like back off our hipsterness for sure to, to pick something that, that we, yeah i mean i and i think one of the picks that i had gone with was was like not it's an expensive card like the commander like i think i built the deck decently budget but mine's a little pricey like i did thalia and the deck didn't even really work (laughs) okay well let's get let's get your list out dude yeah let's do it it so uh so i finally ended up going with oh you know what we did we didn't mention is have we seen any white decks in our in our meta Mono white, mono white, SRAM. We've seen SRAM and Kemba. Kemba because Tiff just has an obsession with cats. And I think Brad, as a joke, made a Heliod deck and played it once. That was when we were doing our whole like, let's do. Because I had a Thassa deck, you had a Perforos deck, and I don't know why he didn't make Erebos. Yeah, weird, huh? Big mistake on his part because now it's mine. <laughs> yeah. And then two of them got scrapped, and the only one that survived was Perforos, and I played that for a while, and then I'm like, okay, I need to play something else. And yeah. They just went, the three of them went the way of the Dodo. So anyways, I made Heliod. You uh, bastard. How I was, dare you take somebody else's I know, right? His commander about. that he played once. <laughs> uh, so look, I, I guess I want to preface getting into the deck with something I learned, I guess, with this, Andy, which is that... Uh, if I were to characterize how, my preference as a magic player, it is that I I like to play with value or to cheat is kind of what I leaned towards. And we've talked about that, and I think it's a you know something to, worth repeating. You know that that trifecta of victory, mm-hmm. and that's what I tend towards. Triforce and, of victory. Yeah, the triforce. Excuse me. Uh. You know, so I like ETBs because it you get a lot of value out of them. You know, like if you can rep, repeat them, as in Brago, you mm-hmm. know, like let me let me use these ETBs multiple times. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's the kind of stuff I like. But I, what I realized is, white, in order to take advantage of it, you really just kind of need to combo. Like you need to set up combos, not necessarily infinite combos, but combos that are just that that gets you where you need to go. Hmm. So let's read off Heliod. Yeah, do it. So Heliod is three and a white. This is a legendary enchantment creature God. He's a five, six indestructible. If you're not familiar with the Theros gods, it says um, as long as your devotion to white is less than five, Heliod isn't a creature. So that means you have to have five white symbols on your battlefield for him to be a creature until then he's in their mana costs. Yeah. In their mana costs. Hmm. <clears throat> so he also says other creatures you control have vigilance and then he has an activated ability of two and two white put a two one white cleric enchantment creature token onto the battlefield um that's an expensive ass token that is a very expensive token uh oketra has a similar ability and i'll be honest with you every time i look at that i'm always just like man not worth it but Going back to, like I said, the lesson I learned, you need to combo. 
this is going to be one I learned discussion yeah. for sure all the way through. So what is the main combo I want to get? Well, you saw it when we were play testing. Yeah. It is Skybind. So this is an enchantment. It's three and two white. It has Constellation on it. So Constellation says whenever Skybind or another enchantment enters a battlefield under your control, exile target non-enchantment permanent. Mm. Return, oh, okay. that, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. This is just... It's super resourceful, right? Because we activate Heliod's ability... And constellation, the constellation effect on Skybind is triggered. So I can exile anything that's not an enchantment. And then it comes back, you know, it leaves, comes back to the battlefield. So, so there's a variety of things that we can do with this. <clears throat> um, first and foremost is having enter the battlefield effects on my own stuff. And I'll go over a list of those that I have. But also I think... What, what, what I'm really trying to do is leverage something like this. Yeah. And so we were kind of playtesting with an Atarka deck and I was just ready. I had mana up to activate Heliod's activated ability at any point with Skybind out. So if you came at me, I'm just going to exile Atarka so it's not in combat anymore. Mm -hmm. Get out of the way. Um. You had a couple, you had several tokens on the battlefield, but you had something that was kind of like pointed at me as well. So I, I didn't do that to your tokens, but I sure wanted to. Yeah. When we were playing that, but you can clear people's tokens while you're creating your own tokens. Um, you know, if somebody declares blockers that are kind of unfavorable for your attack, you can remove those blockers. There's a lot of things you can do with it in, in terms of other people's stuff. Um, but I'll be honest with you. Like <laughs> to me, it's almost like this deck is, is a Heliod Skybind deck. Like you fucking want this card so bad and you want to protect it at all costs. Um, so how do you ensure it happens? So, I mean, you're going to have a couple tutors. Uh, so like the enlightened, the enlightened tutor is going to be one of them. Um, and then, Fuck, I don't even have my deck list pulled up. I'm, like, already diving in. <laughs> You're unprepared, Mr. Wheeler. I am unprepared. What's the other one that digs up, uh, like, three enchantments or something like that? Oh, you're thinking of uh, Plea for Guidance. Plea for Guidance. It looks up two. Yeah, so Plea for Guidance. Sorry, it's two. Yeah, so it's it's five and a white for a sorcery. It says search your library for up to two enchantment cards. Reveal them. Put them into your hand. Then shuffle your library. Okay. So... Uh, so there's that, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a little bit difficult, I think, to ensure that you're going to have Skybind every time, to be honest with you, cause you're, you're limited in your tutoring options in white. Um, but they are available. Mm -hmm. Uh, that being said, like, it's not the only thing, like there are a couple other things that can be used to take advantage of Heliod's ability. Um, so one of those is a Johnny's Chosen. So this is a, t a two and two white um, for a cat soldier. That's a three, three. And it says whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield, under, enters the battlefield under your control, put a two, two white cat creature token onto the battlefield. 
Um, it also says if that enchantment is an aura, you can attach it to the token. Uh, we're not really interested in that here. What we're, like what we're doing is, and a yeah, soldier. we're trying to double dip. So we get a, a cleric from Heliod and a cat from a Johnny's Chosen. So Ooh. you're getting two tokens for one activation is kind of what you're looking at there. Um, some other, like another synergy is one other constellation card uh, that was in in that like Theros block. Uh, it's Harvest Guard uh, Alsaids. The so these are nymphs. It's a creature. It's a 2-3 and it has constellation as well. So whenever Harvest Guard Alsaids or another enchantment enter- enters the battlefield under your control, prevent all damage that would be dealt to target creature this turn. Um, so you can kind of use that to favorably block things if you're not doing something oh, like so like in response yeah so somebody comes attacks you you've got a couple creatures up maybe they're just clerics but whatever you can try to keep them alive yeah especially so if you're looking for a large number right and so they huh. can you can kind of like use this constellation in order to block but preserve your creatures um so the, yeah i don't know that's kind of that's kind of an interesting one uh the other thing is is that like this is probably one of the better white card draw options is mentor of the meek. Um, and so <laughs> I don't know, like it, it, it's hard to kind of like justify some of the mana costs sometimes, but you got to take what you got to take. So mentor of the meek is two and a white for a two, two. And it says whenever another creature with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control, you can pay one. If you do draw a card, and so you're, you kind of have that power available with Heliod that, you know, okay, I'm going to activate Heliod, get myself a mentor, get myself a card as well by paying an extra one for Mentor of the Meek. Um, along with that, like, you can also do Skull Clamp. So you get yourself your token from Heliod. And then, you know, so that if, if people don't know the Skull Clamp, it's one for an, an equipment. Uh, it has one cost or one for an equipped yeah. cost. This is amazing for plus the, one minus white. One. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just, you're just equipping to these clerics, killing them, drawing two cards. Like, so I really wanted to find a way to work out something like that into mine. Yeah. I, I feel I, like I, I probably could still do it, but it just, it seemed kind of hard to do. It's, it's an important piece. I mean, I think there's a lot of decks where I'll put skull clamp in and I won't mention it when we're, when we're doing a deck tech. Right. But like, this is a place where it, it needs to be mentioned. Like it, it your ability to develop card advantage in white is very limited. Two cards to a white player is like four to a blue player. Yeah, like it's so so you just you have to take advantage of stuff like this. Feeling drawn two cards in white feels pretty good. Um I think when we played somebody had a temple bell out and I'm like, ooh. Yeah, when he was <laughs> ringing thing. the bell, I was like, fuck yeah, yeah thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um let's see, anointed procession is something you'll want to have in here because so anointed possession, it's four and a white for an, uh, an enchant says if an, if an effect would create one or more tokens under your control, um, it creates twice that many tokens instead. So highly relevant. So if we think of, I mean, obviously it, it, for just the strict purpose of getting two tokens for his activation, that's great. But we think about that in conjunction with some of these other things that we're doing. So with Ajani's chosen, think about that. You know, we get we get two clerics and two cats. So we've got four tokens from one, or one Heliod activation. Yeah, we're, we're getting, we're getting our mileage for the mana now. And so, so 
like I say, like what we're looking for, it it's you have to look for those combos. Like they're absolutely necessary, I think, to have success in white and and well, sphere of safety. The cost just gets through the roof. So yeah, so sphere of safety. Let me read that off because this is a huge one with this. So sphere of safety four and a white creatures you can't attack you or a planeswalker you control unless their controller pays X for each of those creatures where X is the number of enchantments you control. So now, by itself with your commander, remember, yeah, the commander himself is, is an enchantment. Yeah. Yeah. Severe sphere of safety is an enchantment. So we've got two Heliod, what he's producing their in cleric enchantments. So now it's three for every. So each time and you can, you, you can leverage this, right? So let's say somebody's counted that you've got four, four enchantments on the battlefield. They've got a Voltron. And they kind of played some things out and they're getting ready to go into their attack phase and they've kept four mana up so they can come at you. Well, you've kept mana up so you can activate Heliod and now you've just tacked an extra one on there. Or asked them, what, what, what are your intentions? Yeah, what sir? are your intentions? Do you, what are your intentions with my life? Because if code? you're coming at me, I'm going to make it so you can't. So what are you going to do? So. And they go, move to declare attacks. All right, I'm activating. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I, I, yeah, there's things like this that I, I guess that's something else I should mention. Like you really want to try and play reactively as much as possible with Heliod. Like, yeah, you kind of want what I, what I think happens with white is you're going to get some things set up and then you're not going to have a hand true after that. And so hopefully the things that you've, you've had, you know, at, at the, at, in your opening hand that you drew in your first couple, uh, you know, beginning like draw steps like you drew into some pieces that'll help you because then you can then hopefully you're just relying on activating heliod to protect yourself and your game plan um i don't know i kind of got into like trying to noodle out some really weird combos and as i was thinking about this a little bit like me (laughs) and then I, i can't i came into one where i'm like this is this isn't it's like not even worth mentioning. It's like five cards. <laughs> Dude, those are my favorite. It's like five cards in a in a color that you can't really tutor that much. <laughs> but I was like, all right, well, let's 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 just say we've got Heliod out. We've got Mentor of the Meek out. I put Ashnod's altar in here because I want to make those clerics serve as many purposes as possible. Um and then we've got the Gilded Lotus and Skybinding out there. It's not. <laughs> it's like so convoluted, dude. That's my that's my kind of. Engine, it's so convoluted. So so hear me out. Okay, walk me. Okay, walk me back over the top again. <coughs> I want to make sure I get it. So we activate Hel- Heliod's ability. Okay, we have a cleric enter the battlefield. All right, and so let's say at this point we've already well. Let me back up. Let me back up. Sorry. Let me back up. So we <laughs> <laughs> we've activated uh, Heliod's ability. Okay. And then by tapping our Gilded Lotus and one mana. Okay. So we use the Gilded Lotus to activate. Yeah. So we use Heliod's the Gilded Lotus to help activate Heliod. wherever we're getting. And then it's like still not even enough. One other mana, whatever. So then we activate Heliod. Use Skybind. To then exile the the, the gilded, gilded lotus. lotus, right? This is so brago. Okay, and then use yeah. We've got to use we, and then we can like sack 
well, no, we have we would have to have another one in place for this to start rolling. But we use one, okay, to another one to draw a card from Mentor, right? But now each turn we can do that without ever having to use actual mana. <laughs> Does that make sense with Ashnod's Altar? Yeah. So we can sack and tap the the Gilded Lotus. Yeah, you'd have a float. So we'd have five total mana. Right, you'd have a float because the activation's only four. Right. Oh and so then we can use God. the one to draw a card. It's the most convoluted thing ever to not have to spend any mana to draw one card on each turn. <laughs> I was like trying to noodle my way through it. I'm like, there's got to be something you can do with this. There's got to be. And then I realized like, no, Skybind is limited because it only it, it comes back at the end of the turn. Because so I was like, if you could just do it instantly. Yeah, you'd have to wait. You could you could go through your deck. But Skybind is end of turn when it comes back. So yeah, Somebody's seen you do that. They'd be like. Dude, <laughs> you, if you pull that off, you deserve a medal. You're true. Because <laughs> the blue players over there are just like, uh, con sphinx. Dude, doesn't that suck? <laughs> Look what you have to go through to get, like, <laughs> ah, you are justifiably in a position you don't want to be in when you do shit like this. Right? Like, it's just fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, a couple other things that I think are kind of cool. Um, to go along with, with Heliod and then I'll kind of get into some e- ETB effects that I, I think we should take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them is Cathar's crusade. Oh yeah. Duh. Um, I mean, it's, it's in a lot of white decks, but, but you're going to produce a lot of clerics. Therefore we gotta win. there's yeah, exactly. We got to button this up. I'll be honest with you. It's probably one of your win cons is Cathar's crusade um, here. Also, um, ethereal armor in this case uh, is going to be actually pretty tasty for uh, you. So just one mana, one white for an aura. And so it says enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one for each enchantment you control and has first strike. So pick a creature you want to strap that to. That's going to be real big and beefy. Heliod. Probably Heliod. If you can maintain your, devotion uh and just get in there just get in there because you can also use heliod and and things like skybind or other things i have in the deck to kind of move blockers out of the way if you need to so go for it um let's get into some etb type stuff uh to use skybind on yes exactly and there's i will mention i'm not going to go through it i have i have quite a few other spells in the deck that do the flickering type thing such as skybind so i'm not dead in the water if i don't get that one enchantment um we do want to take advantage of things you are producing blockers right right i mean there's you are putting more and more enchantments into play there's there's other stuff going on other synergies it's just that i'm what i'm saying i guess is that that is crown jewel of the deck is a skybind it is it is the best card in the deck like to go along with heliod um, but yeah, like there obviously have to be other synergies. So, uh, kind of some recursion type stuff, uh, for enter the battlefields. We'll, we'll do the, you know, there's revel arc. Um, so that's four and a white. Uh, so when it enters a battlefield, return up to two target creature cards with power two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield has its evoke cost as well. Uh, that's, that's a key piece. That's, that's a big one that people use in white and, it's, you know, partner is the karmic guide 
uh, five and two white. So flying protection from black, it has an echo cost of the same, same amount as its converted mana cost. And then when Karmic Guide enters the battlefield, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So yeah, that combo, like you can use the Revel Arc to return the Karmic Guide, which can return any of your creatures. So if there's something above the power uh, limitation of the Revel Arc, you can use the Karmic Guide to do that. So yeah, there's that big... Yeah, it's just a recursion craziness with a sack outlet. Exactly. Exactly, because you can keep doing that um, with with those two. I try to work that in too. I just couldn't do it. It's kind of, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just kind of like I, I almost think it's necessary with with white if you're really going to try and do it. Like, you need to get your stuff back because you're not going to dig into your deck like other colors can. Um, <clears throat> Sun Titan is in the deck as well. It's funny because we're listing off some like all star white cards. Um, that you just kind of yeah, have but Sun to have, Titan's but like, like the he's the champion of the of of mono white, yeah, or even just any white strategy. Like he he really epitomizes. Yeah, so because you're trying to do know. you're I, trying to keep your like small stuff coming back over and over I've and over. Pe- I've seen people list it as a win condition on their decks, and I think before I disagreed, but he recurs so much of what white cares about, right? Curse lands even. Oh yeah, like you can you can do a lot. Having a Sun Titan die is not good. No, having a Grave Titan die is kind of like eh, whatever. I mean, I got a couple zombies. Who gives a shit? Sure, but a Sun Titan is a bad deal. Yeah, and the other thing is the Sun Titan to the untrained player, untrained eye might not seem. Yeah, so to read it off, it's four and two white for a six six giant. He has vigilance. It says whenever the Sun Titan enters a battlefield or attacks, you may return target permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, This is a big deal because there's a lot of enchantments in the deck. There's a lot of key creatures in the deck. Yeah. Like, that all fit in to that. One of the win cons is three mana. Uh, The mirror entity, which I'll go over in a little bit, but it's... He'll bring it back. You know, like the Sun Titan... I see it like he is a win con because he'll keep whatever advantage you may be able to cobble together with white together. Yeah. Um, Defender of the white color. Yeah. Aramancer. So two and a white. So when Aramancer enters the battlefield, you may return target enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, People will figure out that Skybind and other cards are pretty critical to what you're doing. And so, Get him back. Can't have it. Uh, Monk of the Idealist does the same thing. Um, same converted mana cost. Functional reprint. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so some pump spells. I I use this one in our testing uh, to my advantage greatly. Core Cartographer. It's three and a white. So when the Core Cartographer enters the battlefield, you may search your library or a planes card, put it on the battlefield, tap, then shuffle your Oh, he said pump spell. I was like, what is he talking Not about? Not pump. I mean... Uh, ramp. Ramp. Okay. That's what I meant to say. It's like, you have a giant's growth in there? I don't know. No, I wish. Fuck. No, I, I, yeah, I meant ramp. Uh, so, this is actually kind of a shitty card. <laughs> what? No, the core cartographer. Oh, it's kind of shitty, yeah. uh, but it's kind of good. So, I, I, think, I think it's worth explaining. Uh... Cards like this in white are usually conditional. Sure. So to to compare it, there's Knight of the White Orchid. 
So it is too white for a 2-2 human knight, and it has first strike, and it says that when it enters the battlefield, if an opponent controls more lands uh, than you, you may search your library for a planes card and put the dog on the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Now, in this case, there's kind of a trade-off. This one just puts it onto the battlefield. It's not tapped. But they have to control more than you. They have to control more than you. Uh, Which, I, depending on the current game, my, may or may not be a problem. <clears throat> so, yeah, Core Cartographer, I got a ton of bang for my buck. This is also in my um, Brago deck. Like, because you can just keep flickering it and getting more and more land. I think in our test game, I had like 14 or 15 lands on the battlefield at one point. Yeah. Mostly because of the car core cartographer. Um, so yeah. And then I think solemn simulacrum. So these are kind of ETB type things. Uh, solemn simulacrum is pretty, pretty well known. Uh, just a couple others to kind of fuck with opponents. <laughs> um, the sunblast angel. So this is four and two white. It's a four or five flying. Uh, when Sunblast Angel enters a battlefield, destroy all tapped creatures. This is actually a v- particularly good pick for this deck because Heliod grants vigilance. vigilance to all of my c- ah, other creatures. You clever girl. And so, um, again, in in conjunction with uh, with Skybind, you're holding people hostage. Like, do not. Come go in, go into the red line against me, because I will fucking. Because they'll be tapped you. and attacking. Yeah, these like, creatures coming your way. I will. I will like at the at the end of the yeah. At the, it, you might get you're gonna get through, but at the end of the turn they're all dead. Jeez. Like, so, just just know that's gonna happen. Uh, selfless squire, another defensive card. Uh, so it's three and a white. So when it enters the battlefield, prevent all damage that would be dealt to you this turn, and then it gets. A plus one plus one counter for each damage prevented. Um, and you can recur that, you know, like that's something you can keep doing or r- repeat that effect rather, uh, do that over and over again. Uh, so palace jailer, uh, this is two and two white. So when the palace jailer enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. Uh, when the palace jailer enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls until an opponent becomes the monarch. So it doesn't have that separation of those things. So you can't really pull off that, like keeping things exiled. I don't believe with this card. No, if this thing dies before anyone else becomes the monarch, it's done. Is it? Yeah. Because I think it needs to be around like for it to happen. So I was trying to look into that a little bit today and I, I couldn't find anybody that was really authoritative saying anything about it, but Huh, okay. The thing again is you can make it so that you have multiple creatures exiled by this guy. Right? Because you can blink him, like flicker this guy, and you become monarch again if you aren't if somebody took it away, or you can just I exiled somebody's creature and then I'm gonna do Heliod's effect with Skybind or some other flicker effect, do Palace Palace Jailer again. Uh some pretty I I like some weird removal that I think is is germane in this deck and also becoming monarch is always good. It's, is it's always good a good thing. Like you need game. card draw, so so why not right. do that? God, I wish they'd buff that some more. 
Yeah, I would I like. I really want another conspiracy. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, Evan Angel of Heliod. Uh, so this one says, when it enters a battlefield, put a 1-1 white soldier creature token onto the battlefield equal to your devotion to white. Uh, it is six mana to cast this one, but if you can start flickering that around, you're you're going to cash out with it for sure. Um. So, yeah, like, I mean, I, I kind of mentioned like Cathar's Crusade and Ethereal Armor. Mere Entity, I think, is your primary win condition. You're going to get a lot of clerics. And then you want the mere entity, which is two and a white for a one, one uh, shapeshifter. It has changeling and then also has an activated ability of X. So you pay X and then, then until end of turn creatures you control have base power and toughness XX and gain all creature types. So go into combat with your clerics and kind of see what happens and just pour a bunch of mana into the mere entity to rev your shit up. So uh, baby creator who shitty behemoth. Yeah, it's a it's White's version of yeah, creator of behemoth. <laughs> By not even remotely, but yeah, not not even remotely. God, we're, God, we're trying. God, well, we're trying here. Okay, I want to turn it over to you, but I got a I got a couple like cool tech things real Dude, quick. Give me some cool tech. So I think you mentioned this one to me. I think you were the one that recommended it to me for uh, Brago, and. I think it's actually a really good card if you're trying to use any kind of flickering effects. Uh, and particularly in white, it's sort of pseudo card draw for you. Uh, Mastery of the Unseen. So it's one and a white for an enchantment. And it says whenever a permanent you control is turned face up, you gain one life for each creature you control. It also has an activated ability of three and a white manifest the top card of your library. So it's good mana sync. It is a great mana sync alongside Heliod. Uh, and like I said, it's kind of pseudo card draw because Ooh. you're going to get stuff onto the battlefield. Ooh, I forgot about that one. It's a, it's a good one. Ooh. Uh, and I think it's worth sharing. Like if you're doing mono white, you, you need things to kind of get yourself card advantage. Um, I put in, <laughs> I was really desperate to be able to hold on to my shit. So I put in, uh, fuck, where is it? Oh, yeah. So second sunrise. You would. <laughs> so one and two white. Each player returns the, to play all artifact, creature, enchantment, and land cards that were put into his or her graveyard from play this turn. I really, really want to protect that skybind. Oh, second sunrise. Okay. No, what you're thinking of. I'm thinking of approach of the second sun. You're pe- you're, yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Is that in your deck, though? Uh, No. <laughs> Isn't there like a functional, a functionally similar card to, to a uh, second sunrise? There probably is. I don't know if it's instant because that's the point about that one. Is that, that one is instant, instant speed, speed, so you can preserve your stuff. Like, yeah. So, and I'll close on the note that I put in overwhelming splendor, so I can really fuck somebody. You know that card. Um, yeah, that one gets some could get some salt. <laughs> I've seen that one resolve. What does it do? So it's six and two white. So it's really expensive, but you enchant a player creatures, enchanted player control, lose all abilities. Isn't it literally a curse? Yeah. It's a, it's an aura curse. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Keep going. Sorry. Uh, so creatures, enchanted player controls lose all, lose all abilities and have base power and toughness. One, one enchanted player can't activate abilities that aren't mana abilities or loyalty abilities. So it just 
Yeah, that person's just fucked until they can kill yeah, this. Yeah, it's, it's kind of just you got neutered a little bit, a lot of it. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah it's Faith's Reward, by the way. It's Faith's Reward. That, that's a cheaper version of, of Second Sunrise. Is it a sorcery? So a while ago, I was, I was interested in, the only reason I'm kind of bringing this up and why I know is I was really interested in this combo type of deck for Brea called Brea Eggs. Oh, yeah. You know, Eggs and Brea, Eggs and Brea. Fist. <laughs> and the idea is is that you have these artifacts that you're deliberately sacrificing and then in response to those um you just bring them back yeah so face reward is three and a white return to the battlefield all permanent cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn so it's four mana to just bring everything Can't back bring it all back it down yeah. yeah second sunrise i think is a little cheaper yeah, that's the reason. so it's three minutes. And then there was one that's like really expensive for some reason. It's like older. I can't remember what it's called. It was like, it was nuts. It was like seven mana or something to pull this off. And it pretty much did the same thing. Huh. But, you know, that that, that effect was valued so highly, you know, right. in that deck. But yeah, I remember thinking like, if you really want to do that. I don't know. I think it seems like you're just kind of like, I really don't want anything getting busted. I'm putting it right back into play. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I put some other things to just kind of like, obviously, if you really want to get carried away, like, go get yourself a Teferi's Protection. Like, I didn't put that in my list, but I, I, it's probably self-evident to people. Like, if you want to protect your game plan and you're playing white, go get that card. Yeah, no, I get it. If it's that key, you know, if, yeah. that, if it's that key to you winning or at least making it easier for you to win. Yeah. There's always like, and I hate to be this guy, like, especially when I mean, we probably should say it now that we're playing white. Like there is always the chance that you win because everyone else just kills each other. <laughs> like it's, it's stupid, but it's, it is true. It's not up to you to be the person that wins the game all by yourself. No. Right. And I no. don't think white can really. White is in no threat of of showing that. Well, I think a lot of the time, I think what you and I were doing as we were testing was, or what was evident to me is that both of us built decks where we're leveraging the other players. So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, do what you're gonna do, but not to me. But don't do it to me because you're wasting your your damage. Yeah. The red and black player knows this. You know, they're the if anyone's playing Rakdos, they don't have reach into a lot of the stuff you're doing anyway, and it's like fine. Yeah. You know, these enchantments, especially with Hilliard, I can't interact with them. So oh, yeah. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> right. But in the meantime, you're like, okay, okay, fuck. Let me do this really extremely convoluted card draw thing with the gilded <laughs> lotus in the <laughs> This is ridiculous. Like it's the stupidest fucking thing ever. Yeah. It's one of those it's like when you go on Reddit and you see people like do their like you know, like I came across this cool combo when I was playing the other night, and it's like, yeah. That's the only time in your entire life you're ever going to see that combo. I happen. like those posts, though. <laughs> or some of them just like one was so long, you know, <laughs> sometimes people are like, cool. Another time, like, whoa, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what did you do? Andy? Oh, man. So it's not a it's not a me. It's a we. So like I was saying originally, like I really wasn't assigned to to right to do this guy. Um, we had some scheduling issues with trying to make this work. So, uh, eight and a half tails, eight hyphen and hyphen, uh, hyphen half hyphen tails. <laughs> so it's, it's white, white. So there's no color, you know, any color mana requirement. Legendary Take, taking Fox the soul ring out. for a two, two. 
So he's a little bit nuanced in that, or she, I, I actually don't know what gender it is. I don't know what the lore from this thing is, but, um, or sex it is, right? I won't assume it's gender. <laughs> so target, so you can pay one in a white. It says target permanent you control gains protection from white until end of turn. But wait, I'm playing a white deck. Right. So eight and a half tails actually really doesn't like white at all. <laughs> so he is the most absolute hipster of all the, of all the commanders. He, she, whatever. But you can pay one to make a tar- one of any color, any color mana to say, Target spell or permanent becomes white until end of turn. Oh, so an easy an easy interaction here is let's say someone's attacking you with a a, a I mean anything right like a big creature. Yeah, you know even an Eldrazi, you can you can make that creature white and block with eight and a half tails, and eight and a half tails can become he is a permanent you control, so you can make him protected from white until the end of the turn. Let's say somebody tries to. Uh, use hero's downfall on eight and a half tails destroy target creature for one Fuck. black and a black well you pay that f- second ability target spell becomes white until end of turn and then you pay the one and a white and now target permanent you control gains protection from white until the end of the turn so for three mana you can cool. protect you can you can grant protection to any permanent you control from pretty much anything uh, uh, that's coming from an object and God forbid anybody actually have white, because then you don't have to pay. Then you that don't even part. have to pay that first part. So you're 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 on a budget a little yeah. bit. Uh, protection. I I think I found online a way to understand protection is they use an acronym called DEBT. D E B T. Okay. So it's damage. So anything that has protection cannot be damaged by the color that you're saying. So okay. blasphemous act. Awesome. Somebody shoots a blasphemous act. You make something you know, a creature and or eight and a half tails protected from the now white spell. White spell. Turn it white, protect it. So so D is damage, E is equipped. Okay. So even if something is eco- eco- uh, protected from a specific color, it can't be equipped by that color. So Godsend can, okay. would not probably be a very great idea for this deck because Just Godsend like, is a white <laughs> enchantment. I don't know, right? It's only till end of turn, I guess. If you sure. really like Godsend, then go out of your way. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, B is blocked. Okay. So if you have a, an attack phase and you need to get in, you know, you need to put it in. Somebody else can't block you now. Now. Yeah. So the protection from whatever that is now can't be blocked. And then the last one is T, which is targeted. Ah. It can't be targeted by anything. So the big things here are damaged, probably the block part and the trigger or the target. target. I mean, right. So when so uh, let me just start from the beginning of this like journey that, uh, that I've been on with this with this guy. So originally it was it was me and AP kind of working this out. And mm-hmm. AP, we we came to the realization that man, there's just a lot of stuff we can't we can't do that we're used to doing because we're 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 sitting in this mono white configuration, right? And I think what he wanted to what he was trying to do originally was go the the resource denial route, and of ine- inevitably that led us into the whole stacks thing. So he's like, look, I'm going to be that guy. I'll, I'll just, I'll just make, I'll make the, the dark side of this list. <laughs> right. And he just bit the bullet and did it and I'm going to do it. And the things he kind of landed on were, if I can't do this, you guys can't either. <laughs> so he, he was very, if you, which, kinda, which honestly, there's a lot of that in white. Like, yeah, they're just right. It's like what you said. It's, it's the color of equity. Yeah. Right? Like the, I think the card the, to me that embodies it is, is the alms collector. 
which is on his list. Yeah, it's the alms collector is a great a great example of of White's desire to to have everything be fair and just right. just and balanced. So alms collector is three and a white for a creature cat cleric. Uh, it has flash. If an opponent would draw two or more cards, instead you and that player each draw a card. It's a three four. So it's like it's not a notion thief that just says if a person would draw more cards than what is regularly set up for their draw step, right. you get them instead. It's, oh, hey, you're going to draw some extra cards? You, you can't, man. But we'll both draw one. <laughs> you can't, man, but we'll both draw one. I like that. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's it, that kind of, imp- yeah, I think that's a really good yeah mono white card because it's just so like pathetically boring. And, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, fair. So he, he went hey, down. Hey, do you want to go walk through the park? Like just okay. I mean, it's it's your day off. Let's 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 go on a let's go on a walk. So he kind of went this route, and and I think there's I think there's kind of two or three things you could take from this. You can do the hate bear strategy, okay? Which it's very niche. It's not. I mean, anybody who really plays Magic a lot knows what hate bear is. But a hate bear is a low costed creature that usually is a two two, and I think it's a little broader now, but it's usually a two two that wants to deny people's ability to do anything. So hence the hate. Right. So the bear part is the two, two for two. Right. And the hate is I want to deny people's ability to do whatever. So like, I don't know, like I think like a good, a good hate bear is the grand abolisher. It's white and a white for a human cleric during your turn. Opponents can't. So hate can't cast spells or activate abilities of artifact creatures or enchantments. Right. So, and it's a two, two for two. So that's one thing, because if you think about what eight and a half's trying to do, uh, it's trying to make things that people would normally go out of their way to remove unremovable. Right. Right. Or at least challenge. Right. It's, it's going for things like I want to destroy hate bears. I want to get rid of artifacts that prevent me from doing this. I want to break enchantments that don't let me play the game. Well, eight and a half kind of just denies your, denies your, like oh sorry no ability to do that so yeah his deck is is full of this he's got like kataki wars rage in there right <sighs> keep those artifacts huh yeah so kataki's war rage basically puts a, a tax on on all of your uh uh artifacts right yeah what does it do kataki i think it's you have to pay one mana at your upkeep in order to keep like yeah, each Kataki artifact is, has yeah. So this is another hate bear. So Kataki's War of Rage is one is a one in a white. All artifacts have at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice this artifact until unless you unless you pay one. So they start costing you mana to keep into play. So this puts a lot of strategies into check. It puts you know Brea on notice. It puts all these people that are like, are yeah. you really willing to spend? Or even the guy who really is into mana rocks, like he's got to pay to keep that stuff in play. So if you went down his list, this is this is kind of what you'd see, and I'm not. I I I want to, like, want to kind of loosely go over it because I got to talk about my build too, and I don't want to make this episode insanely long. Sure, but I, the only reason I want to do both is is because I'm I'm a cop out. I guess I'm a cop out. <laughs> now I think it's I think it's because they're they both have their own their own value, right? Right, right. Like I believe there is value in managing other people's ability to win, and I believe there's value value in in denying advantage that people are looking for. And I, I think right? there's, there's like that, that's something available in white, like white is 
very good at, at trying to do that kind of stuff, like denying people's ability to pace forward. Like, like blue is, is kind of your tempo-y type color, right? Like I want everybody to play at my speed and white sort of like, I don't really have a speed. I just want everybody to play the same speed and it sucks. Yeah. And that's the, that's the, that's the speed he decided. He wasn't looking to like try to overcome the weaknesses of white. He was, I'm going to embrace it. And not only that, I'm going to expand my inability up to other people. Right. That's really the, the list. So the list is fairly clever. I can say one thing about the list is that, is that when it's finally up and running, it gets on the side of oppressive. It, it does kind of go over the top of, Hey, I'm not, managing fun anymore i'm i'm really like killing it i'm a killer the fun like things are just not even fun anymore so i can i can tell you a couple cards that are on his list that depending on on how much you like your play group or not you would probably put in or out so the the the, the winner orb would be the would be kind of like the first one the top of the list right the winner orb is is it's it, it's it's an amazing card post board wipe it is an amazing way to just start trying to take control of the game if you can maneuver around it. Because you get people you get these turns where where people are like really, really I don't know, greedy. Yeah. And they want to surge their game ahead. Yeah, and they'll get mad. They and they're get, tapped out. Yeah. People will be visibly upset when you resolve this card. So it's two for an artifact. As long as Winter Orb is untapped, players can't untap more than one land during their untapped steps. There if if you have this out and you're managing your mana well with or if you're using artifacts to produce your mana uh, I don't know trying to get through eight and a half's ability to break this is going to be difficult short of a and grip yeah. or a global I don't know how it's going to happen right he just he will deny you the ability to do that like it, it it's 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 a damn good strategy it just is it, it eventually tips over that edge of okay yeah now I'm feeling I don't feel I, it kind of goes like this. You start playing the game and you're like, all right, I feel, I feel like fine, whatever to I'm feeling kind of micro aggressed by this strategy <laughs> to I am feeling wholly macro aggressed by this strategy and it's not going anywhere. <laughs> like he right? may not have actually ever removed any of your permanence or done anything directly to you other than just other not, people not did. let you play. Yeah. The game just kind of played itself out, but then this kind of comes into place where it's all right, well this is set up, right? I got sphere of resistance out. I've got, I've got, winter orb and things like this that are blocking a lot of like even just being able to play so if i will post the list i'm not going to really deep it go deep into it because i think even he was kind of like yeah i mean i don't know man like i just don't i don't know how i feel about it right, right? i'll speak to its efficacy but i'm not going to say like it's a good strategy he played well when we when he, we yeah, played against right him. it was hard like to tip him over really it was very hard i to think tip him I, over. and i think we had some moments of parody where we were all like getting to where we kind of wanted to and he he was he had the upper hand right even yeah because he was holding us back so far and then yeah so take i'll put it out and then in my description for this i'll just kind of put like the things that you probably want to subtract i think the hate bear strategy is fair enough they're harder to kill but when they go he has a really strong recursive engine here i mean he does have sun titan which yeah. all the hate bears usually meet that sun titan's requirement uh, he has the the Tokli or whatever. Yeah, he he has a lot Tokatli. of way. He has a lot of ways to kind of keep them coming back. It's the it's the land the the land untapping like the static orb and the permanent untapping things. That if you just took those out, I don't think it would be that annoying, right? Sure. And then yeah, to just kind of say one more thing about his deck, um, he has 
kind of a strong need to find a specific set of artifacts to close the game out. He, his idea is, I'm just going to land 21 commander damage. And that's kind of asking a lot because he's only a 2-2. Two, two, he's a 2-2. Two, two. Right? So where if you think back to my Nezahal list, my Nezahal list has a lot of these kind of ideas in there too, denying people's advantage mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. But Nezahal's already a 7-7. Seven, seven. I don't really need to go out of my way to get him any larger. I want to hit 3-hit clock. This guy's no... This fox is nowhere near that right oh yeah so yeah anyway so my side of the 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 list is definitely the light side it's not the dark side (laughs) the dark side of white um my my goal was to just use the the rather than trying to like put out permanents that people want destroyed i i wanted permanents that i don't ever want broken (laughs) i don't know if that makes sense like I'll give you like an idea of when I'm like, yeah, I really like this, but it doesn't really intrude on anybody. Okay. So his are like, I'm going to put this out and I know everyone's going to want to kill it and my commander is going to stop it. Mine is I'm going to put this out and I just don't want it to ever get destroyed. You probably don't care that much, but I don't want it to go. I just don't want it to go. So the the, the one that kind of sticks out to me is the Dawn Elemental. So Mm. it's, it's white, white, white. So it's four white. It must be white. For a flying 3-3 elemental. But it says prevent all damage that would be dealt to Dawn Dawn Elemental. So I really like this because it's a damn good blocker. Right. It's a flying, cannot be damaged, and it cannot be damaged. So any kind of strange damage won't work. Yeah. It just can't be damaged. Blasphemous act, like, whatever. Yeah. So if somebody tries to spot remove this with like a, I don't know, even a Doomblade would work here, I can protect it. Sure. Right. So I'm kind of picking. My idea with this with this deck of mine is that I'm picking pretty tough creatures and pretty tough enchantments and pretty tough permanents, and then just adding that extra layer of okay, well, yeah, let's really not fucking have them die, right? <laughs> okay, but I don't think mine specifically keep anybody from. They don't really hold anybody back. Of course, if you've got some Voltroning flying commander like my Dawn Elemental is going to get in your way, unless you can come up with some kind of trample, right? Right, but it's just. Yeah, so let's start from my list. Let's let's go. Um, Avison Guardian Angel, not the Avison. What Avison? Do you? God, you lack of creativity. No, it's <laughs> Avison Guardian Angel. So it's two a white and a white. So it's Vigilance Flying. So this is like this weird. I don't know. She showed up in a course set once in 2015. Oh, right. Decided to say, "Hey, I'm generic as fuck," and here I am. So flying. Uh, Vigilance 5-4, so pay one in a white, prevent all damage that would be dealt to another target creature this turn by a source of the color of your choice. Hmm. But Pretty the, much like a, f- like, lieutenant to eight and a half tails. Yeah, kind of a lieutenant, a little bit. Um, the other, But the big one is pay five, so five, a white and a white, prevent all damage that would be dealt to target player this turn by a... Uh, sources of the color of your choice so like if i don't have eight and a half eight and a half tails yeah i can i can blow this and and just name the color of what i'm looking at right right right. but a lot of the time it's it it's it says sources so because i can just say what they are right oh yeah yeah it's it's kind of i don't know i haven't i wasn't able to play her in our play testing but my thought was is this kind of a way to kind of get through the loops a little bit sure kind of confuses things a little with the changing of colors or, and if he's not there, like just noodling it out. Cause it's, it's surprising how people forget how the deck works. There's a lot of the times where we were playing and they kind of forget. Right. Oh yeah. So I think Cody attacked me with a Tarka and 
I had a Gideon's defeat, and I'm like, I'm going to destroy exile target attacking white creature, right? Yeah, and then it's like, wait, and what? he's like a target. Oh yeah, you just made him white. <laughs> like they kind of forget, you know, because you have to imagine that it's white, right? You know, um, it's, just stay- it's, it's like a Tarka had a had his like enlightened coming to Jesus moment. Like I see the light, <laughs> I I see it, <laughs> and you do love me. Like you, you, you weren't, you do love me. You're right. I don't want to attack this guy. I'm done with violence. So protecting things is all great. I mean, I'm just kind of giving you an idea of like, you know, the things that kind of interact. This is one that kind of overlaps in the Venn diagram. It's circle of protection, white. So you can, this kind of goes with angel of that, that Avison person. So it's one in a white for an enchantment. You can pay one of any color of mana. It says the next time a white source of your choice would deal damage to you, prevent that damage. So that overlaps with exactly uh, its rune of protection white. One in a white, you can pay white to prevent all damage that uh, to you from a, a white source. You can also, you can also cycle this away. <laughs> These are actually damn good. And then story circle, which is one, a white, and a white. As story circle comes into play, you just choose a color. And it says white. The next, or the next time a source of your choice would... Ju- uh, of the chosen color would deal damage to you this turn, prevent that damage. So we're only just paying one colorless and then one of these to kind of protect us. Gotcha. Because eight, eight and a half doesn't protect us. It only sure. eight, it, it just only protects our permanence. So we kind of become uh, an extension of, of its ability to protect everything. Yeah, okay. So if you come at me with a, a Tarka, right? Yeah, and you something don't have something to get in or, the way. Or Galta, or just somebody who's just really a big problem permanent. I just make them white by paying one colorless with eight and a half. Allow them to come over, then pay the other part of one of these enchantments to right. say, I cannot be damaged by white permanence. Like, fuck. It's, it's hugely annoying. It's yeah, hugely that's huge. Annoying. But it's only really good for, like, one creature, like, one big thing. So I still have kind of, like, the ghostly prison, the crawl space. Things like that in there. And then, yeah, Avison. Because Avison says sources. So if right. they're really going wide, I kind of was saying, well, I'll just pay seven to not take. Ugh, God, I mean. Yeah, because if somebody's got their, like, big goblin ball deck, like, fucking coming at you, like, well, you can only turn so many things white. Yeah. And There's then, a lot of, like, education that needs to come off with, with these kind of decks because they don't. There's not obviously strong cards in here. Being that it's just white. No. You know? well, I mean, when there is, the, I mean, there is, I had to kind of go out of my way to grab some where it's like, okay, I better get these cards because they're objectively good. Sure. But, you know. But like, like we said, I think in the beginning, like those objectively good white cards don't win the game. Like you have to use some kind of weird synergy combo stuff that you figured out in order to win the game. Yeah. So to kind of just zip through the deck like it's a lot of prevent damage it's a lot of keeping things from from getting in preventing damage to my stuff preventing targeting to my stuff i'm very very interested in just chugging along and not dying Um, yeah there are some cool synergies with 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 some of these cards like glare of heresy it's a sorcerer that says exile target white permanent (laughs) well because he can make any permanent white we've we've got to vindicate a sorcery two mana for that yeah we've got to vindicate for two mana. well it's a vindicate yeah yeah, because yeah, you have to pay one to one grant to it turn white. white. Yeah, it's just bye. You know, thing there. This deck is just loaded full of stuff like this. Like that's kind of crazy. This one is just the nuttiest one. So it's called Earnest Fellowship. It's one in a white. It says each creature has protection from its colors. <laughs> so it's like 
I'm protected from myself. Pretty and much. And you have been turned white by eight and a half tails. Right. So all of the creatures that are out there are protected from their own colors. <laughs> so that kind of makes things a little weird. Like if you've got a green creature and you try to enchant it. It protected from green. <laughs> enchant it with, with rancor. It ain't going to yeah. work. I'm going to do this uh, pump spell on. Uh, can't happen. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to. Yeah. So a lot of things kind of get hard to noodle through. I can. <laughs> kind of see how this might backfire because if I'm trying to target another white creature but it's already protected from other yeah, white Yeah, it's exactly. It ain't protected from mine. Really like this kind of turns the whole white hate back in on itself. That's funny. Right? That's that's actually really funny. Yeah, it's got this crazy bird like It's only on it. a fraction of decks on EDH rec too. I think it's just because it's it's just too hard to wrap your head around. It's like weird. It's because an old we're messing card with colors so too. bad. Yeah, it's from Odyssey. Yeah, Earnest Fellowship. That's pretty funny. Um, I did put that Endless Horizons in. So if you remember when we were talking yeah. about some of these cards I wanted to try, well, here's my junction. So it's three and a white, and AP used this one too. He kind of was like, I want to try that shit. So it's three and a white. It says Endless Horizons comes into play. Search your library for any number of planes cards and remove them from the game. Then shuffle your library. <laughs> and then at the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a card you own removed from the game with Endless Horizons into your hand. So... You could go grab every single plane out of your deck, and you will never miss a mana drop for the rest of the game, provided some sadist is playing at your table. <laughs> so I would, I would definitely gauge the personality of your, of your meta, right? So this card is, if you're in a position where it's not going to be removed, it is the weirdest ass card advantage. Right, and if they're really going to go out, let's say you did light it up like that. Like, I'm going to put 10 out there. And let's say there was some sadist that wants to remove it. Well, okay, eight and a half tails. Yeah. They just wasted their removal. This is a good place for that. Right. So I think if there's any deck out there, I think I want to say this is a pretty neat white card, but (laughs) I wouldn't call it a staple. No. It's a pretty neat white card. What it's doing is that it's making it so your deck is thinner, right? Yeah, I know deck thing thinning isn't a super big thing in EDH, if if at all. But look at the numbers we're talking about. Well, and right, you can you can say any number of planes in, the, uh, underneath but, this. But essentially, it's draw two cards on your upkeep, one of which will be a land. always will be a land. So you'll never miss a land drop. Yeah, like it's and you'll never draw. Dirt. And you'll never never draw into land when you don't. When you really need to just yeah, draw, you draw your spell. utility lands. Yeah. The only land you're ever going to draw from now on is a utility land. Right. Which there are some that I need to talk about that are... That are uh, yeah, there's, there's some but, stuff. Yeah, so even if you have a pretty sadistic play group, right? Because the idea is, is that you put all your lands underneath this thing, and you don't you don't have to. I'd say five to ten. Yeah, I mean, you, Like, if somebody really going to waste their removal, if there's five planes underneath there... Yeah, that's not going to f- utterly And for fuck the next you. five turns, like, how many game, how many turns this game do you think there are there, there's going to be? And the card draw in this deck isn't exactly amazing. So it's not like you're digging into just amazing cards. Oh, yeah. But even if you do have a sadistic group, then you can just you can just protect it <laughs> with, with eight and a half, right? Uh, land tax is another one that kind of goes along with this. I think it's, I think it, this thing needs a damn reprint bad. It does. Like, needs, it doesn't need no art, though. Not even. It needs, <laughs> it needs a new, it needs a reprint. So it's one for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, if an opponent controls more lands than you, you may search your library for up to three basic land cards. Reveal them, put them into your hand. If you do, shuffle your library. So the idea here is, is that, yeah, if you're not, if you're first in to play, 
or sorry, like not first into play. Most people are going to be ahead of you in land. If there's a green player, they're going to be Definitely ahead of you ahead. in land. Uh, this is kind of a well-known combo with the scroll rack because the scroll rack allows you to put cards back into your library. Right. So it says exile any number of cards from your hand face down. I mean, dude, this is like a $50 combo right here between the two. Yeah, lines. it's it's so pretty. Don't so don't feel like you need it, right? Uh, so it's two, it's two for an artifact. You can pay one tap, exile any number of cards from your hand face down. Put that many cards from the top of your library into your hand, then look at the exiled cards and put them at the top of your library in any order. So you know that you can go dig up three lands. And you can always... And you can go set them aside set to them draw aside, three. Draw three, put them back. And, and then, then because of land tax again, so right. you're going to go dig up three. So you haven't dig up three. You haven't capped your deck with three lands, right? Because you're going to go search again and shuffle. And you're always going to shuffle. So it's a pretty neat combo. Yeah, it's damn expensive of one. Yeah, and and the cards aren't useless absent each other. So I mean, yeah, they're definitely, good. Yeah, there's definitely I, some. I, that, I, and maybe that's one thing to mention with this white thing. Like I didn't put some of these expensive ramp type cards in in my deck list like but there's some pretty key ones that most white lists are going to have like land tax as you just mentioned yeah so if you're kind of seeing the picture here i'm painting is the deck is designed to be extremely defensive i mean i I put a i put guardian of the gateless in here i don't even know how this is going to (laughs) work so it's four and a white flying guardian the gateless can block any number of creatures Whenever Guardian the Gateless blocks, it gets plus one, plus one until the end of the turn for each creature it's blocking. That one's cool. Yeah, so if they attack you with a bunch of one ones, they're all dead. Yeah, you're going to kill them all, and it already starts will out survive. at four, and yeah, it'll survive. They don't have enough damage to, like, you can just wipe them out. It's the ultimate, because I feel like going wide is, the, it kind of, it is a problem, you know? Yeah. Right? Um, but, you know, with the Avis and Guardian Angel out, she kind of just nerfs Yeah, it. that can nerf that, but, you know. Like, because eight and a half makes the permanent of your opponent into a white spell. Right. It doesn't really cover multiple tokens. But yeah, so if, you're, out, if somebody's she's just like, all right, this guardian's now protected from all the red. So all these red goblins, God forbid, God, they're all they're all gone. <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm blaspheming against my goblins. Yeah, so. they're all gone. Um, some utility lands, Maze of Ith. Yeah, right. Which is not a, a land, one. but it's a spell. That it's a spell that just is in the shape of a land. So it says tap, untap target attacking creature, prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to you, dealt to and dealt by this creature this turn. The core haven does something similar. It's it, it actually can give you mana though, so I, I qualify it as a regular land. So it's tap, add one colorless to your mana pool. Um, it, you can pay one in a white and tap to prevent all damage that would be dealt by target attacking creature this turn. So you can just nerf a huge attack. Cool. Um, another crazy land is the Emeria Sky Ruin. So this would be, if there's any reason to play mono white, it's this card. It's this card. So sure. Emeria Sky Ruin uh, enters the battlefield tapped. It, but it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control seven or more planes, you may return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. And, and you and can yeah. also tap it for white. <laughs> yeah, you can also tap it for white. So anything that dies, this goes really good with the hate bear strategy. Because oh, yeah. people are going to kill them. And if they make it past your just annoying level of damage prevention and annoying level of messing with colors and spells and granting protection and blah, 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 you still have this land that, like, what are they going to do? And even if they're going after the land, you can make that protected. Like, <laughs> it's just solid. Just solid. Like, hard to get through this. It's 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 pretty annoying. Um, 
so there's kind of a thing, a, a, a feeling I want to put out here about this deck. The feeling of holding up your mana. <laughs> so I think this, I, I think I, I was attracted to this pretty quickly because of, I, I play at instant speed a lot. Right. A lot. I, I, it's the, Andy's favorite thing to do. It is. <clears throat> you know, I don't want to say blue is necessarily my favorite thing, but playing at instant speed for sure is, right? Because you have the most advantage right before your turn begins. Everybody's done their thing. Everybody's yeah. done what they're going to do, right? Um, and you, you, you know the most. And if you can hurry up and do it, or in a space where people can't deal with what, you, what you're going to, a problem that you're going to present to them, it's, it's, it's just, it's so strong. Like it just is. I, I, yeah. I don't know how to like describe I, it. I think, I think to me, that. like, cause I think for a while I had a hard time grasping it as like early magic players. Like, why do you want to play at instant speed? Well, the, <laughs> the less amount of time your thing, your actions are available for other people to respond to mm. the better. So if I play a creature on my turn, and it makes it around the table. They have that much time to do it. They have that much time to do it, but if I play a creature right before my turn... It has pseudo-haste. It essentially has haste, yeah. Yeah, because it goes through your untap. Now, nobody's been able to do anything that time around the table, but I'm getting the benefit of having it available to me on the turn I want it. And then I think your thing, like, of instant speed, like you say, you know the most. You've delayed your action to the last possible moment so that you can make it the best decision possible. Right. So white isn't very great at instant speed stuff. All of this isn't instant speed. It has flash. It has a couple stuff like that, but it's not totally up there like red and right. red and blue. So what you end up doing a lot of the time is you're afraid to use all of your mana because you want to protect permanents that you've invested on using your, using your uh, fox, right? Right. I think this is even true for the build, especially true for the build that the AP decided to use because everybody's looking to break the stuff that he has in his Oh, deck. yeah. So you end up passing the turn without, without advancing your game plan to the fullest by holding up mana. Right. That's kind of the thing is that you move on and you're holding up three mana. Well, let's pretend like, I don't know, you had six mana. Sure. A six mana, and then you had a six mana, like a, like a Sun Titan. Sure. Like it just you passed up the opportunity. You passed to up get an a, opportunity. A, a sun tight now. So I that. wanted to take advantage of the fact that I'm not tapping my mana, and a lot of it isn't isn't ideal, but I needed to find ways to, uh, have an outlet for that. Okay. Like right before my turn begins, I want to do something. Granting all my stuff protection for a couple seconds is not an outlet. It's a yeah, and there's gonna and there's gonna be situations where people see that, so they're not going to do anything that calls it out yeah. from you. So intuitively, I think this was the smart direction for the deck. Uh, Videlkin Orrery. So it's four mana for an artifact. Uh, you may cast non-land cards as though they had flash. So this would be the pinnacle of the ideal for yeah. cards up for this guy. Because you're holding up all this mana. You begin your turn, you draw, and you go. It's literally draw, go. And you go all the way around. And should you need to protect permanence, you can react and, and, and grant them protection with your commander. Which is perfect. But if nothing comes up, if no Beast Within's come out, if no... Doom blades rise up. Jeez. None of that. You just flash out a new permanent and advance your board state. So this would be the best thing, right? Uh, but to kind of go to keep going along with this, we want what what some people call a mana sink, right? And to me, a mana sink is only useful if you're in a situation like this where I got nothing left to do. Yeah, and it's not my turn. So luminarch ascension, white 
and a or white and a or a colorless and a white for an enchantment. At the beginning of your opponent of each opponent's end step, if you didn't lose life this turn, you may put a quest counter on Luminarch Ascension. Then it you can pay one and a white and put a four four white angeled creature token in, with flying into the battlefield. Activate this ability only if Luminarch Ascension has four or more quest counters on it. So the odds of you losing life are are, are lowered with this deck because of all of the stuff I've loaded it for. Right. These crazy blockers that don't take damage, the people granting yourself protection with the rune of protections and, and storied circle. Uh, it's that like you following me? Like it, it's, it's higher yeah. that you'll be able to get the quest counters on because because these quests can be difficult like cuz they're This one actually kind of is hard to finish. They're permanents that are vulnerable to removal. It takes you time, usually like like in this case <clears throat> I don't know. This this one's cheap, so you might play it when you still have time to kind of like do other things, but I don't know. They're they're vulnerable for a long time before you can get anything out of them. Right. And then on top of that, People are if when you finally finish the quest for this, people are going to look to drain it. They're going to want to kill this thing. Yeah, and it's going to be harder for them to do because you can grant it protection. Right. So you can spam four four blockers in or attackers or however you feel about it. But this one is a good one because you know it 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 it's more likely to stay on the board than than in this deck than in in most. You could probably yeah. say that about every permanent, honestly. Like yeah, the odds of you holding onto the permanents in this in this deck are. Much Pretty higher. high compared. Uh, I used your commander, Heliod, God of the Sun. Three and a white for a legendary enchantment creature god. Indestructible. But the big thing is that that ability we talked about. So paying four to put a 2-1 white cleric enchantment creature token into the battlefield. So yeah, he grants vigilance so I can attack more often with these other flying yeah. defensive air quotes creatures that are fairly big. Yeah. But I do want to, I got to start coming at people. So the vigilance makes it so I can attack with less discretion. But the big thing is, is that if I'm holding up, I'm already holding up three mana to, to, to protect one permanent. Oh the, yeah. At the, at the minimum, at the minimum. Yeah, exactly. You cannot let your turn go without holding up that. Oh mana. yeah. You've got to keep that. Someone will see it. And if they know what the, what's on, they're like, this is the window of opportunity right here. Either I do this now and get rid of this permanent or he will never let me do it. Or she right. will never let me do it. So he, it's great. You pay, you pay four, you get a cleric. Right, and there was that one that you mentioned in your deck. What was your other mana sink? Because you had another way to like just bring creatures into play. Uh, when you said it, I was like, "Oh, I should have put that in my list." Oh, so oh, yeah. I didn't um, put it in the list, but I'm making space. Yeah, it's for the it. one that manifests the that the yes. mastery of the unseen. So that it would be another good one because it just dumps permanence into play. Yeah, and they can manifest it instant speed. So it's a mana sink on top of a mana sink. Right, it's fucking beautiful for this list. Yeah, I should I should remember that card. Yeah, it's great. So that's kind of the feeling that this deck gives you, right? I'm yeah. up against this corner, and I'm gonna let the turns go by, and 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 I'm looking for for a. I don't know. I wish there was more mana sinks out there. I really, I really like it's, the it's, idea. It's a hard it. one because it's it's it is a very nice thing. I found. I think both of us, the styles we're playing with these two commanders is you got to keep up mana and play at instant speed as much as possible. It's weird how that ended up happening. Yeah. I don't, I don't really think that's in a, a white thing. It just no. happened, you know? All right. So win conditions. So, so far this has just been, a, I don't, I don't lose too fast condition, <laughs> but win conditions. Uh, I borrowed one from, from uh, AP's list, which is the Strata Scythe. That's a so it's really three, good one. 
mana for uh, an artifact equipment. It says imprint. When Stratoscythe enters the battlefield, search your library for search your library for a land card. Exile it, then shuffle your library. The crypt creature gets plus one plus one for each land on the battlefield with the same name as the exiled card. So going back to Endless Horizons, maybe you want to leave one planes. Maybe you don't want to exile all your planes because that's what's going to happen is that when he comes down, the artifact this is enchanted to, or, or sorry, equipped, or the, the, char- the creature that this is equipped to will get plus one, plus one for each type, uh, each land of this each type. Each land of that type. So if you have seven planes, he's plus seven. Yeah. Um, if you and your opponent... Yeah, somebody else can contribute Collectively to this have well. 14, he's plus 14. So I think there's another, if you kind of look at EDH Rec, another direction to take him is, is Voltron. Because he can protect himself. <clears throat> I was just well. seeing like people having piling in here like Argentum Armor and Loxodon Warhammer. And yeah, like and that's that, so. definitely the Voltron strategy. And I don't think that's a bad strategy. I just, it's really uninteresting to me. <laughs> and also, it, it, there's Sigarda exists. Like, I just don't, I don't know why you'd be going out of your way to do this unless you have an extremely spot removal, removal heavy sure. meta. But you got to finish the game. So I, I definitely think that the commander damage route is, is, a, is a place to go. So equip them with this. They get huge. Put them on the clock. And yeah, what are they going to do? The, that last part block or not or the, the middle part of debt? Yeah. They can't block him, right? Uh, Sword of Feast and Famine. Equip creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from black and from green. So now so you now can protect from three colors. Three colors. But it says whenever a crypt creature deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card and you untap all lands you control. This card's utility is is well known, well understood, and it's just it's freaking crazy. Yeah. Because now you can take a less. It takes you off the off the back foot and into the re- active and less reactive. So now I can commit all my mana this turn, do move my permanents out, right? Yeah, and then attack and untap all the mana, and then leave it up to protect them all. Yeah. So the utility is high. So if you were looking for the Voltron strategy for this, or at least kind of like a Voltron-y equipment win con i would try to keep your eye on artifacts that or equipment that adds a lot of utility yeah more than the stratoscythe i think the stratoscythe i kind of made an exception for because it's just so freaking so huge right yeah but like things like argentium armor i don't think you're there's just no way well yeah because it's six mana and then it's equip cost is no way there's just no way you you got to leave mana open to yeah. to protect your permanence. I just don't think. But something like Sword of the Animist, right? Yeah. Two equip creature gets plus one plus one. So this isn't a Voltron thing. This is just a utility it's a artifact. Good artifact. Whenever equip creature do, attacks, you may search your library for a basic land card and put it in the battlefield tapped. Then shuffle your library. Which I put that in mind because we're in white and I just fucking need land cards. <laughs> right. So here's the last win con, and it's gonna be like my capstone to this talk. And I can't believe I'm excited about it. Uh, it's just it's just two of the things I have the least interest in. A white card. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's a white card that is a planeswalker. <laughs> it's just like a historic day. It really is. <laughs> so... Yeah, all right, here we go. <laughs> God. Prepare your ass. I don't, okay, why I don't like Planeswalkers is that they, they, they're hard to protect in, in this, they're hard to protect. There's too many opponents, like in a 1v1 type situation, yeah, you can probably kind of protect them. But. Right, but because of his ability, 
eight and a half's ability to protect them. Right. I'm I'm a little bit more into it. So we're gonna pick a Gideon. God dude. Fucking Gideon. <laughs> and it's like the most boring <laughs> planeswalker ever. He's like I mean, excuse me, but he's so vanilla. He is so vanilla. They were like, what's the most boring ass bastard we can do? And they came out with this R and D came up with this guy. And and his character is just like he's just Yeah, he's just a big bronze muscly dude that you can't fucking hit. Yeah, they yeah. Like the, the, the objective here was how can we have, you know, our our people fall asleep while they're explaining this. So when they rolled this guy out, they had like their board of people that decide on what's actually going to be like, for real. One of their like pack. Yeah, you know, I'm not really tired. People like napping. I'm too excited about this. I need something that's going to put me to sleep. I need the melatonin <laughs> of magic. The Gathering. magic, the gathering. If there is melatonin. a melatonin of magic, the gathering it's, it's Gideon Gideon champion of justice. So it's two a white and a white for a planeswalker. Gideon says, Plus one, put a loyalty counter on Gideon, champion of justice for each creature uh, target opponent controls. Oh, you're 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 playing them tokens, huh? Yeah. So thanks, buddy. So I think people kind of like think, okay, so he has a ton of loyalty. Well, his zero ability is as until end of turn, Gideon, champion of justice, becomes a human soldier creature with a number of loyalty counters on him. An indestructible. And indestructible. He's still a planeswalker. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to him this turn. So if there couldn't be a more difficult permanent to remove in concert with with your commander, I don't know which one is. It's indestructible. Yeah. It can't be damaged, right? It can't be bargained with. Yeah, it can't, can't be, be reasoned, reasoned with. with. It doesn't feel remorse, <laughs> pity, or yeah. It, it's all that, right? So it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You're just feeding off of somebody's like creatures. Even if it's even if it's not by that much, right? Like you don't even need the guy who's using token. If they've got four creatures, he's plus four. Yeah, now comes he's in an with eight. Four. Now he's an eight, right? And they go to attack him, and the damage is prevented. And then you go to attack, and they can't block because he's protected. So it's just it's as big as you want it to be, right? And then the other half, you're just you know like the the the, the ultimate. I'm not even. You're like I'm in. not even gonna do that. Why would I do that? You could literally tell the table. I will never exile all other permanent. Like. All other permanents, because that's just not going to happen. I'm not going to nuke everyone's lands. Like, this guy's just going to be, over. yeah, just yoked as hell. And while we're at it, while we have got Gideon, let's let's talk to fucking the other Gideon. All right, so we got melatonin here, and then we've got I don't know uh, some chamomile tea. So Gideon of the trials, one and a white and a white planeswalker Gideon, <laughs> plus one until the end of your turn, prevent all damage to target permanent would deal. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah, it says zero till end of turn. Gideon, uh, a, a Gideon of the trials becomes a four-four human soldier creature token with prevent all damage that would be dealt to him this turn. But here's the one that I'm really interested in. It's zero. You get an emblem that, as long as you control a, a chamomile tea planeswalker, <laughs> you can't lose the game, and your opponents can't win the game. They're never going to fucking get rid of this thing. So it's just. <laughs> This is fucking stupid, dude. Like, like, what do you what? You know? What do you want? So if you have both of, you know, the melatonin pill, <laughs> the melatonin gummy and the, cam- and the chamomile, chamomile tea. tea, it's like everyone's just gonna go to sleep. Right? That's what I'm going for. That's the, that is a that's a win con. Right? And then to to make sure this happens, I even put this 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 boring <laughs> s- 
sleep addicted sycophant, this obsequious Dejeru the open eyes open. Legendary creature, human warrior, vigilance. When Dejeru with the D is silent. When Jeru the with eyes open enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a planeswalker card. Reveal it and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. If a source would deal damage to a planeswalker you control, prevent one of that damage. Damn you, Django! Django! <laughs> so, yeah, dude. Uh, I just—it was just too—it was too stupid for me not to pass up. So your your ridiculous gilded lotus tap dance, Damn. but only everybody's turn thing. <laughs> only once on each to turn. draw a card. <laughs> to draw a card thing. That that's that's mine right here. That's that's mine right here. So two different outlooks on the deck. Yeah, right. So we got, you know, I can't have fun, so you aren't either. That, that's definitely <laughs> I'm APs. I'm playing white. Nobody has that's fun. That's definitely APs, and you can throttle that up and down. So if you really feel like that's your your thing, like, I'm man, I'm just sick of people. I don't like merriment. <laughs> then take APs list. I'll have it up there. It's Mine like, it's is. It's like inviting your parents to, like, your, your college, like, dorm party. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to be having a mixer, Mom and Dad. Why don't you come on over? How do you know my son? <laughs> I'm fucking him. That's 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 the uh, the eight and a half tells like hate bears deck. <laughs> right. All right, man. Did the cream float to the top? Do you think? Do you th- I think we learned a lot. I think we did this last like, week like, and a half. This is this has been because we have a like to our listeners. We we try to keep a like a a content production calendar for ourselves. Yeah, and we we pushed things off because we were just like. We don't want to give dog shit to people. And uh, I think when we went out to make this podcast, it was like we had this. We actually sat down yesterday. Yeah. In the broad of daylight in this room. It was so freaking bright in here. I don't even know. how. Yeah. So yesterday I had it filled with light. Today I have it filled with the smell of sandwich shop. Yeah. But we sat down and we just weren't happy about our lists. Like you had. uh, I I had Thalia. Thalia, whatever, and it's a twenty-one dollar card by itself. Yeah, I mean, which I they the, announced today they're reprinting it. Yeah, I made the but, deck decently uh, budget, aside from the gut commander. <laughs> yeah, aside from the guts of the deck. And then I think I, I, I didn't really have anything ready. I was just like, well, I'll just list off his list. Yeah. And I looked at his list, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, like this. I mean, it's good and effective, but it's, it's gonna be a, an asshole of a deck for sure. So I always wanted to give them both out. So yeah, yeah, like to kind of say like. We started this podcast, we were like, we want to have kind of a, a pretty strict schedule, but we don't want to be pushing content for the cl- for the purpose of, okay, let's push content yeah. to, to make sure we have a Tuesday or whatever our date of the drop yeah. was. We had it there for a minute, but I don't know. Like, I hope it, people can sense, like, we're, we're trying here, especially with this fucking white shit. Yeah, man. like, white, like, I think... I, and I think it's worth mentioning, like you, and I'll post a link in our our episode notes. Like you, uh, you shared with me a really good white primer, um, like for Commander, and I I think that was something that was really helpful for me. Yeah, we'll definitely link um, it there because the guy did a write up. He's like, look, this is what you think about white. You're wrong. And he you know, and he's and a, and I, he's got a passion for white. It's fairly older too. Yeah, it's 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 probably three or four years old, but uh, his points are are solid. I think. You know, like white has maybe this is kind of like our ending point, but like white has some strategies that um, they're not viable for commander. And I think that's true for most colors, right? Like blue, you can't actually tempo people in commander like you. 
you just don't have enough resources to do it. Like white, like you can't and red, you can't burn red. You can't burn people like white. Like there's some things that you just can't, you you can't really win with tokening. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and there's some like the, I I think eight and a half tells is probably your only route of really like preventing damage. Like there's usually too much of it for you to, to prevent it all. Uh, so yeah, like I, there's, there's some pitfalls to white and deck building. And I think, I think we learned what those were cause we fucking fucking fell into them. Here's a question. Would you buy, would you build the deck yours? Uh, I don't, I don't think I have an intention to, but I would. Yes. Like it was, it was fun enough. I, I enjoyed it. So if you were looking for a mono white strategy, like you just got that itch. Oh yeah. This would scratch it. Yeah. I would definitely do this. Mm. Like if, if you're, if you're looking for, you know, like if you're a mono white person, like, and you've been trying to figure it out, I think these are two solid deck builds that, that work. Um, three, three truthfully. Yeah. Uh, are you going to build eight and a half tells? I know you kind of got the itch. Yeah, you can see my eyes like getting shifty. I don't know, man. It was pretty fun playing this deck. <laughs> it was. I just, I I feel like there's a part of me that wants to stick true to my, my identity in this, in this, my color identity in this, in this game, which is sure red. Dude, blue. you, sh- you got to be the one guy that keeps his New Year's resolution. Yeah, right? though, yeah. Like, it would be nice to have one of every color. Like, I feel like knowledge is the root of all power. So <laughs> I, if I, I want to be more knowledgeable, and the best way to do that is to get myself involved with something that I know is I, I'm not super into. Sure. You know, but it was a damn fun fun deck. And I, I think, think, and I think you can still, yeah. you still manage to play your style to a point, right? Yeah. I, I think if, I think I'd do it if I knew AP wasn't moving on it, you know, I don't want to step on his toes. Like, I don't know how he feels about it. Sure. If he's like, yeah, I'm not really interested in building that. Yeah, I'll do it. I got one card I got to ask you about. Okay. I, what? I, I didn't know if it was in your list. Did you put the Emeria shepherd in? No. Is that one that has the landfall trigger? No. On it? Yeah, I didn't. Um, because yeah, that was on my list, wasn't it? Yeah. Fuck. No. God damn it. <laughs> no, I sh- I should. I, I just. I yeah. I probably will. I probably try it. I think what I'll do is I'll let somebody drain their removal on something. Mm. You know, or yeah. or or when I run out of, like, let's say I just can't do it. I can't keep up. Everyone's scrambling to break stuff. Like, at least that way I can kind of just pop it back into my hand. Yeah. You know, like let's say people manage to kill my melatonin. You know, <laughs> then. I have to get it back. <laughs> and honestly, the sun Titan doesn't hit that. Yeah, it's right? true. But this will. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're right. I probably should do that. I have an open slot. I've been looking for some, I was, I, I got a tweak with the list. Sure. Sure. But it'll, it'll be in there. <clears throat> I think, I think, I think there, but I, I don't know. Overall takeaway. I think you and I both were in a position to leverage what we were doing. Like our decks can do that. You can like, you're, you're, it's different because you're not going to be the one going out to kill people. No. with these decks but you can leverage other people too so they just see like uh i don't have enough to get around what you're doing so i guess i gotta go somewhere else you just force other people into ending the game for you just let other people like <clears throat> you know win wrestlemania for you and yeah. just come in and that grab that belt because i'm the cream i'm the cream <laughs>
Hey, thanks again for joining me and Andy for the Legendary Creature Podcast. And thanks for being patient with us as we took a little longer to get this episode out. Be sure to check our episode notes for a link to our tapped out page where you can find our deck list and follow us on Twitter at legend underscore creature. Also, be on the lookout soon. We're going to start streaming our Commander Nights on Saturday nights so you can watch us play a little bit of EDH. Music this episode by the artist Protector 101. The song is The Park Plaza Mall from his self-titled album. Until next time, make sure that you're the cream that always rises to the top. Yeah, no, I'm living in a nightmare, and I am the 